you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 114 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. And as always, seated to my immediate right, ready to break it down for you. And by the way, the man seated to my immediate right had a had an interview, a one-on-one. It was his birthday present I guess kind of to talk with I think his favorite football player now in the NFL not necessarily for his deeds on the field but for off the field AJ Hawk make sure you track down episode 113 that was give... great by the way all right in thank all, you in all seriousness it was awesome all right thanks for interrupting me black Tie. can I first interrupt awesome. can I first can I first introduce the guy who did the interview go ahead I'm just saying it was a great interview they talked homeland which is great all right they if did. you if you love him so much why don't you marry him already all right <laughs> His name, of course, you know him from NFL Fantasy Live, NFL.com. You see him, uh, you see his like-dislike column up there every Friday. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure. And thanks for the kudos on the interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. A.J. Hawk, as you said, is probably my favorite player in the NFL right now. He is the only NFL player who I follow on Twitter. Is it fair? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I almost couched it, and I, I almost pulled it back saying that he's your favorite player. But, you know, you two have a kinship. You talk about, you know, well, we all love Point Break and Roadhouse. He has, a, has an affection for those like you and I do. But you two now also park your cars in the same garage on Homeland is a great Homeland, show. Homeland, he's a big fan of comedy. Like, if you listen to the interview, we've we've teased him before about not watching Louie enough because that was his homework assignment. And he actually remembered. He's like, yeah, I know I was supposed to, but I watched a stand-up special instead, which, you know, it's pretty cool. So we mm-hmm. have we have kind of a good relationship that way as an interviewer and interviewee. So, And you make you, – well, you don't make. Your wife calls you rank, and yes. so you encouraged A.J. Hawk to have his wife do that, and he loved it. He loved that idea, yes, because <laughs> if you watch Homeland – the wife on the show calls the character by her, by his last name because for the first couple of times I was watching the show, she kept 
referring to him as Brody, and then it was his name is something else. And you're like, oh, so his wife is calling him by his last name, I go, which happens to me. And mm-hmm. so now A.J. Hawk wants to be called Hawk around the house. Oh, my God. So move over, Black Tie, because Rank's in love with Hawk. This is a... It's a weird triangle. Cre- creepy triangle. Kind of <laughs> glad I'm not involved in that one. But uh, all right, listen. Speaking of things I am involved in, let me self-promote. NFL.com slash Sheck is uh, where you can find the shame report for this week. It was the Hanukkah edition. I covered eight subjects, you know, shameful deeds, and a lot of people watched it. I appreciate people checking that one out. Also, Rank and I, depending on when you're listening to this, Sheck to the Future, our picks for Week 15. Make sure you do that. Also, we did eight picks in honor of Hanukkah for that. And also... The uh, little segment that we started here on this show, Inside Out, where we get inside the brain of an NFL football player and find out that we separate the reality from the myth that we fans think about. We did that with uh, Heath Evans, Darren Sharper, and Akbar Bajabiamilla, and uh, also sitting in with us in Studio 66 from around the league, one half of the debate club that you enjoy at the end of this podcast, at the end of this this episode, you shall be able to listen to Dan Hanzoos and this guy, Mark Sessler, break it down a little bit. They're delightful. As usual, they do it with mirth. They talk all things football on Around the League at NFL.com. Of course, they break all the news. They discuss it all. It's fascinating stuff. If you count yourself a football fan, you must be following it. Hello, Mark Sessler. I feel naked. There's no, I, I'm normally always here with Dan Hanzoos. We don't really go anywhere apart. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the Tauntaun to your... Uh, solo. I don't mean to tell you this, Sessler, but Hanzos was on his podcast last week by himself. Well, let's so. not. You're right about that, Awkward. but that was that also. That was a tough situation. I was actually <laughs> he seemed home fine. Ill, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother him a bit. He well, didn't even mention it. Yeah. Well, I'm a team player. He felt he said something about finally being able to spread his wings. All right, listen. Uh, so, anyways, we were talking about. Uh, I don't know what, yeah. but let's talk about week 15. Okay. And um, well, the good news is we have Brandon Whedon, QB of the Cleveland Browns, and perfect because why don't you sit in for that then, uh, Sessler? Your your team is the Cleveland Browns after all. I'd love to. I, you know, I, only because we won't, won't get an answer out of him, so what's the point of asking him? But if you're, as a Cleveland Browns guy, weird place to start with so many great storylines going on in the NFL, but fine, let's talk Browns for one second. I've now the, the the assumption was six weeks ago Pat Shermer has no chance of surviving with Joe Banner in there now might be Andy Reid maybe they'll chase Chip Kelly but one thing's for sure they'll kick the current regime out now you can't do it can you the Browns are playing too well he's not gonna what's Brandon Whedon gonna say yeah I'd like to move on from Pat Shermer so I'm not even gonna bother with that but but what do you say Sessler well I mean the thing I see with Cleveland and I any Browns fan that's older than the age of thirty has been through a rugged hell. But they're playing really hard for them still. I mean, you look even across the schedule from week one to now, they have so many games where they just got nipped. I mean, they barely lost to the Cowboys in overtime. Started with week one, they lost by one point to the Eagles. They've got a couple games Mm. like that. And I've seen that What about the Bills game? Wasn't that... That was probably one of their uglier games, to be honest. But that's one they should have showed up for. Like, that's... I was looking at that. Like, there's two games, the Eagles won and the Bills won. They should have prepared better for but man... They'd be right in the middle of the playoff run if that was. They lost to the Colts by four points in a game that they controlled for a long time. I just, I think yeah, you're Josh right. Josh Gordon the, dropped the ball in that one. Yeah, I mean the Shermer argument is stronger, and it's uh, it, the team starts over so often. That's the problem. You look at your, your Steelers. What do they have? Consistency. They they have an off year. They don't fire everyone and begin again. 
in Cleveland they do that, and, and there's threats that they're going to do the same thing. Well, this. that's an interesting place there that, that that you get to is you always are covering which coaches are are you know the are going to get fired and everything. Who can save their job? Do you think Andy? I mean, I think Shermer kind of is getting pretty close now. If they lose their last three because they go Skins, Broncos, Steelers, it's conceivable they might lose those, and this excitement might uh, might be dimmed quite a bit by that. But I feel like if Andy Reid wins out, are they really going to fire him, Rank? You think Andy Reid's gone? As I've advocated, if I were him, I would move. I would choose to leave Philly. Toxic Philly, send me to San Diego. That's what I would do, too, if he gets a chance to move. But I'm not saying that. Would the Eagles fire him no matter what, do you think? Can't imagine him saving his job, not making the playoffs this year. What do you think about North Turner, Sessler? Oh, I think he's he's gone. because He wins out. I don't think it matters because, well, listen, they they technically can still make the playoffs, but barring that, uh, how do you sell that to the fan base next season? What about Ken Wisenhunt rank? He would have to start winning again. He he's after that fifty-eight to nothing game. He might. I don't. He how do they? Back. I mean, how could they ever come back? They can't bring him back, right? No. I mean, I guess if he got, if he ends up winning three straight games, it's not inconceivable. I'll tell you, I think Chan Gailey probably loses his job. But get ready for this. You want an upset pick? The Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks this week. They're going to, they both are north of the border up in Toronto. I say that they're going to knock them off. That's Dave's uh, gold star of David. Dave's gold star of David <laughs> upset. Whatever it is, that's what's going to happen. Black tie. It's time for a blacklist. Hit it. The blacklist. Black tie reads current events. The blacklist. Damn it, check and rank if they're coming. The blacklist. The blacklist. What's up, fellas? Hello, Black Tie. How, How are you? Going? Hey, Black Tie. What's real up? quick, I noticed uh, that we, you know, we won last week. If you if you missed out, we won the Stitcher Award for. Oh, by best... the way, the trophy's here. I know. Well, that's what I'm talking about. We got the award for best. Uh, I don't know if you saw it yet, Rank. As a matter of fact, no. We got the Stitcher Award for best uh, sports podcast. Yep. And um, it arrived, and it was delivered to Black Tie's desk, and Black Tie promptly took it out and put it up on his desk. Why is it on his desk? I would love to know the answer to that. Black tie. How say you? Keep it. We, we don't want to keep it in Studio 66. Why not? Know. Why don't we want to keep why, it in why here? Why don't we want to keep it trust here? the security of Studio 66. You never know what's I feel happen. it. I think it would be something for the other podcast that we graciously allow to use this space. It's something for them like to, power to strive move. for. That's right. That's right. power move, huh? You know, I they think just shouldn't touch it though because they'll every, be cursed. Everybody, you know, the cover two guys, the fantasy guys, eyes. Everybody who comes in, you know, they could they see what they need to achieve. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, uh, one person we forgot to thank for the award who contributed, of course, is Dick Banks. As you guys oh, know, yes, the great, great Dick Banks, the one man house band. We've worked on two tracks together. We might put out a an album soon enough, oh, but a uh, big America. shout out to Dick Banks and his work that he had. Well, you uh, should give him a shout out sometimes. Yeah, I'm just doing one right now. Oh, the, no, I want, a, I want an official shout out. <laughs> All right, anyway. not 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 the doorman. <laughs> oh yeah, if you, you missed if you missed one thirteen, go back and listen to Black Tie's latest hokey shout out. He he only he, he shouts out the professional doorman and thinks we as a society should turn our backs on casual door openers, namely us. Anyone else besides <laughs> professional? Leave it to the professionals. Was his Funny message? Funny story. Yes. Uh, Mark hit- Brady, our, our, our boss, he was walking through a door and I held it open for him, mm-hmm. and I was like, "If you listen to Tuesday's podcast, you know how much I hate doing what I'm doing right now. You hate <laughs> common courtesy." Yeah, it's what you hate. I like when people say funny story and it has everything to do with what he says. He's like, hey, it's a funny story. Listen to what I said. 
All right, now it's black not tie. Funny, haha, funny. Like, All right, just anyway, say the blacklist. Moving on, blacklist topics. We got three Cleveland Browns, like you said, we're going to have Brandon Whedon on later. Mm-hmm. So, Cleveland Browns, Jets, and Chargers are still in the reach of the postseason. Which of those three would you like to see in the playoffs? I'll go with the Browns, as a matter of fact, and that might be sacrilegious as somebody who's from the banks of the Three Rivers. First of all, I don't consider the Browns the Steelers' rival. I consider them the perennial punching bag, the win a few weeks back notwithstanding. I don't know. I feel bad for the city of Cleveland. I sincerely do. I mean, listen, they they lose LeBron. The tribe is nothing to be excited. I mean, the Pirates aren't either, but the tribe is this – this perennially bum team now as well, aside from they should have gone to the World Series, of, of, what was that, four or five years ago when the bugs all... 2007? Uh, what was that, when Jabba Chamberlain had the bugs all over him? 2007. Yeah, they, they, they should have had... On the, uh, but yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go with the Browns out of that uh, gaggle of uh, a team's rank. There is no debate. It is the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland, the Cleveland fans, probably some of the best fans in, in football. Dave, you grew up... As a guy in Pittsburgh, you were born into Super Bowl titles. It's easy for you to be a football fan. Your team's in contention every year. Mm -hmm. But somebody like Mr. Sessler over here, who has to go through year in, year out, not knowing who the coach is going to be, not knowing who the owner is going to be, going through all these trials and tribulations, anybody who is still rooting for the Browns. Not knowing what the logo is because they don't have one. Anybody who goes to that and still goes out and purchases a ticket to go to a Browns game, you are a great Is a sucker. Fan. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a great man. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying he's a, a great sucker. fan. A great fan. Man or, or woman. And or sucker. No. <laughs> Why would you say that? Cause I'm you, kidding. You like... I don't care. I, that's fine. I, I, what I just say, I, I said I hope the Browns go to the playoffs. It'd be, I, well, I don't hope they go to the 2012 playoffs because if they go, that means that they would I was have beaten say. Pittsburgh in week 17. You guys so can't... erase my pick. Yeah. Mine, my, mine was in a vacuum. I wasn't actually hoping that the Browns of 2012 get there. Yes, any team. What was the third one besides the Chargers and Browns? Yeah, oh, the Jets. Jets. Oh, these are all horrible options. These are all disgusting Wait, options. Wait, the Jets one would be funny in the sense that how would they get rid of Mark Sanchez then? He would have that, hey, he's been to the, he takes his team to the playoffs every year. Uh, well, like I've said before, I say again now, if they somehow, I don't know, I, look, they very well may win their last three games. And if they do, then there's going to be a certain momentum behind them, especially if they somehow sneak into the playoffs. Let's say they do that. Then Rex Ryan and the organization is going to be inclined to say, let's do one more year with Mark Sanchez. Forget the fans. I think the locker room would revolt. They would say, absolutely not. We're not going through another season with this guy, this 27th best in the NFL QB. There's no way we can do it. I think that the problem with the Jets, for all of us as a nation, is we shouldn't get one extra Mark Sanchez game than we have already been scheduled for. Right. That's a real problem. But, I mean, they look to me like a team that could win out. Their schedule's that soft. Sure. And the total Rex Ryan paradigm is for them to actually get into the playoffs and win that playoff game. Lose the next week, but something's going to happen to keep the Jets in the mix. They're right on the edge where we're willing to forget about them soon and send them down the river. I'm scared they might stick Well, let around. me lay this on you. Let me just say this to you, what could happen. If they would make the playoffs, they'd be the sixth seed. Right now, it could break that, I mean, as it stands, I think currently, I might be wrong, but I think the Broncos are the three seed. If t- It could be Tebow versus the Broncos. That would be kind of fun. There are a lot of fun. I just think it'd be funny for Rex Ryan to beat Peyton Manning. 
I just would find that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, none of those options are good in my book. In a vacuum, yes, the Browns would be cute in the playoffs, but not at the expense of them going into Heinz Field in the last week of the season and defeating That them. would be the best. Oh, I would vomit from that. Black tie, next literally one. Literally vomit. I oh. would vomit. You, you know what? I would I would literally vomit. You know how people yeah, how how blow hardy I know what literally means, yes. <laughs> blow hard talking heads say, I'll walk from here to Cleveland if that happens and then I'm they have to do it. Gonna make I'm just you... I'm, mine's much simpler. I will literally vomit. I will literally make you do that. <laughs> I will bring right. the Jack Daniels until you won't vomit. Be, guess what? It won't it won't take much for me to do it. Browns are a cute choice, but you got to go with the Jets. That's the best story on paper, and it's all about making that early Saturday playoff game somewhat interesting. That first game is always a dud. It's always kind of like, eh. But if you have the Jets, Rex Ryan, Sanchez, and you know Tebow somehow yeah. is going to make his way you into You could have Jets-Patriots, too. That's the other one. They yeah. could be the three seed. Yeah, i got to go with the Jets. All right, next question. Last week, ESPN ran this 30 for 30, the Bo Jackson piece. You don't know Bo. I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch it yet. But also NFL Network this week. I was going to say, make sure you promote the, uh, what the well, opposition is doing. Let's get into it. So. Right, NFL Network <laughs> is premiering a football life this Wednesday. Marcus Allen. Of course, those guys once backfield mates. So my question is, are they the best RB duo ever? If not, who is? I'll say this about that. You know, I feel like the NFL, I don't understand why we don't see two. I think this is, here's a little prediction looking into the crystal ball. This will be the next advent for NFL offenses, is to start doing more of this, is two backs. And I don't mean just the – we're starting to see certain teams start to put a fullback back there now. You don't see as many one-back sets. More and more, you're seeing that sort of sneak in there. Why not have two guys that are legitimate threats in the backfield? I, I think we should see more of that. You know, in KC, why don't we see Hillis – a and Charles on the field simultaneously. It seems like that's the way to go. In Pittsburgh, Curtis Rainey, a burner, set next to a guy like Jonathan Dwyer. That would seem to create some interesting matchup problems for the other team. Rank, how say you? I didn't answer the question no, exactly. I'm just saying I'd like to see, well, I mean, I, I'm not even going to say, but, well, I am going to say Franco and Rocky Blyer both rush, rush for a grand back in, what was that, 76, I believe. That was pretty good. I remember when Herschel Walker went to the Dallas Cowboys, they had, what was it? They decided they were going to do a thing called WD-40, mm-hmm. like Tom Tom Landry's uh, plan was to get them the ball 40 times, which seems like an absurd. Uh, Along with of, Tony Dorsett, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, the right. two of them, Dorsett right. and Walker, were going to get the ball 40 times. That was a pretty good one. It never quite panned out. I'm trying to think, did Marion Motley have a pretty good – Running mate with him way back when he never him and Jim Brown I don't think well Jim but no well but Jim Brown had uh, who Floyd Little were they did they overlap yeah I don't know about that I mean Motley was was alone I believe for the most he was a Punisher too mm-hmm. they had Dub Jones. All right, this is pre, you know my stance. Oh, yeah. yeah pre-58 doesn't pre, count. It pre, doesn't any, count. Anytime that if the Steelers listen, were if, good. If, if, all the old, if all the old school NFL guys didn't hammer us over the head with the fact that, hey, football didn't matter until that 58 Johnny Unitas Giants game was played, then why? Then by definition we don't need to pay attention to what happened back then, right? But if the Steelers would have been good, well, it would be like Bobby Mitchell is the guy we were thinking of. With Bobby Mitchell, that's the um, one. That's got to be it then, right? Cleveland also had 
Kevin Mack and Ernest Spiner. That was a good one. Five both rushed for a grand. Yep, that was good. Did they ever? Did uh, Cincy in the eighties? This maybe doesn't stack up with the very best, but they had Pete Johnson and James Brooks. Did they ever set them back there together, or Larry Kinnebrew and James Brooks for that matter? I mean, I recall Brooks kind of taking the load when I was watching the Bengals early on. It seemed like there was a lot of bo- like then you had Icky Woods come in later yeah. on. And yeah, well, that's right. And then and then also you had in um, San Diego. You had Chuck Muncie and James Brooks, so those right. two might have made some hay together. And they had uh, when Marion Butts was there with Ronnie Harmon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gosh, I think there was another guy who was back there, Was too. Eric Bienemy there towards he the end of He was kind of mixed in in that, too. So they had a nice little thing going. The 49ers had Wendell Tyler and Roger Craig for a spell. That's right. That was a legitimate two back, and those they they would be back there together, right? Wendell Tyler and Roger so, yeah. Craig would line up in the backfield together what about behind Montana. Otis Anderson and Dave Meggett for the Giants. That never happened in the nineties. They were never yeah. on the field Ni- together. Nineteen ninety Super Bowl season. But Otis Anderson would leave the field. Meggett would come on though. Well, it's not like I think that's the point of Black Tie's question, right? Two back. I mean, you're talking about a two back formation. Perhaps uh, no. not as common. Just, I'm just saying the backfield combo. That's all. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to take away the back from it. The The best running combo in the league today, by the way, it's RG3 and Alfred Morris. You're scared <laughs> sure. every time they line up in an option. You know why? Because RG3's legs. So that that's the best in the game today. Wait a second. So, so Black Tie's breaking news here. RG3 runs well. <laughs> I thought, didn't you just say he makes plays with his legs? Moving on. I like that. That's fine. Yeah, I agree. Of course, I agree with that. All, All right, right. Last topic on the blacklist, guys. So we saw the uh, piece recently with Roger Goodell. The news broke about how he might consider removing the kickoff on the game. Well, Chris Mortensen said that he feels like it's maybe 100% that they're going to do this. And the first thing that came to my mind when I heard this news was, isn't that going to put a lot of guys out of work? Isn't that, how would yeah, the players? Teams. Yeah, that's... Are, are, isn't the union going to step up and say absolutely not? We can't. We're not going to give up ten spots. I mean, there's still punts, and so you still need those. You still need some of those bodies. But I still would think that you're going to be able to justify parting ways with some of those guys. I don't know that that happens. Wait, the, the roster well? size isn't going to. I guess it doesn't have to. The other thing with that is, though, to me is they would have to. I don't like it in general, but specifically the the fourth down th- I mean the thing that instead if you want an onside kick you have to go for it on fourth and 15 that's much easier than an onside kick right I mean that's much not more either- exciting too what fourth and 15 yeah is? that's a that's a great play do you re- I see like you watch somebody come out fourth and 15 I think that's awesome well listen that really what is people keep saying people who are lamenting the possible end of kickoffs keep saying what's the most exciting play well the kickoff that's the most exciting play in football i don't think so whoa, i whoa, think outside whoa, time kick out, time out time out you're hijacking this whole deal right now time i'm out. not hijacking, hijacking his own show you're totally dave hijacking you're hijacking your show <laughs> how dare you what the anyway my question is for damn sake hijack me was obviously if that's out of the game we won't see a lot of kickoff returns anymore which is obviously a very exciting play so my question is what is the most exciting play in sports well, regardless I, of situation. First of all, I like onside kicks, but I guess those would go the way of the dodo bird. Four, you think fourth and fifteen is a more exciting thing than an onside kick? The onside kick never; it rarely works. Wow, that's because they don't do it right. They got it. You know what I would it's like to so see them do? Poorly constructed. A kicker needs to figure out how to kick a bullet. Instead of it hitting the field, they just need to kick it super hard on a line <laughs> right at somebody. That's the way you do it. That is like dodgeball. 
kick it at the guy. Like, that what you'd see is the, the the guy ten yards deep trying to miss the ball. Then it goes into no man's land, and then it's a big scrum to chase it down. That's a that's what the kicking team needs to figure out. But all right, so that would be gone. Wait, what about um, would would the Saints be? Uh, would they have won their Super Bowl if there wasn't if kickoffs were eliminated? No, that's a great that point. Changed, that changed the whole complexion of that game. It's a great point. That's a great point. Fulton Walker returned one in for Super Bowl Dolphins. seventeen. They lost that game. They Stanford lost. Jennings did it for the Bengals in twenty three. Well, a lot of them have lost. They lost. Devin Hester, that the Bears lost. The Bears lost on that one. The guy and for the Giants against the Ravens in Super Bowl thirty five. Correct. They lost. That's correct. Very good. Um, so all right, but in that, in that case, that is uh, that is one most exciting plays. I will say, baseball triple. A triple. Oh, black tie. You can't say it. If you ask what's the most exciting play, it's got to be regardless of circumstance. In other words, it's regardless of situation. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. But so then, uh, so then to define that, that means any garden variety touchdown in overtime is going to be exciting. So forget about the circumstance. Can't be overtime. Just the play intrinsically. All right. A triple. A, a put triple. out. Why is it? Because that's more exciting than just a home run going over the wall. It is. It, cause the guy, because it's because there's a, generally speaking, I it's see a, it so much now. It's not. As a, as oh, from Mike Trout. Yeah, Trout and Borges. Yeah, like both those guys have triples. Um, well, those of us who don't, it can't be a stand-up triple though. It's got to be specific. Yeah, a head-first dive into the. Uh, speaking of that sort of play, how about a <laughs> an outfield assist at home plate? When you put a guy out at home, that's or, or a Dave play. Dave Parker in the All Star game. Those are sweet. Those are so. I still remember that. Do you remember? Do you know who the guy was who slid in? Who he threw out? I know he threw game? it to Gary Carter. Yep. You I know don't know. Freddie Lynn. No, close. It was Brian. Brian Downing. Downing. I knew it had to be some. I knew it had to be a halo. You wouldn't have asked it if it well, weren't. I, would, a, I could have known. You might have known it. I'm just saying you <laughs> wouldn't have brought it up if it hadn't been a halo. Um, Sessler, throw in uh, throw in any of these. I think um, I'll tell you a good football one. Well, a couple good. Block punt is awesome. Block punt sure. might be the best. Sure, that might be my single favorite in football. That's Block pretty pretty great. thrilling, and uh, a safety. Safety is great. It's like the holy grail. When you see, it's a safety, it's a safety, and then you wait. For some reason, the, the refs take forever to make the call, <laughs> and then you see it. It's those those prayer hands above his head. Yes. It's great. You very rarely get to see the prayer hands for safety. I like I that. I feel like I always try to figure out the rationale for the signs, like why it's the two hands. Like, is it because we're always praying for his safety? Like I just want a safety so bad. Like I, where they came up with that as the hand gesture. That's yeah. probably definitely why. It's, <laughs> I like it. Don't well, no sell me. So I like that. I Do would say, for, with NFL... all due respect, I know that uh, what the safeties and hard hits and everything. A guy se- along the sidelines, a DB separating a receiver from the ball as it arrives is 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 uh, pretty exhilarating, and also a sack from around the edge. You know, a guy coming when you're in the stadium and you can see him coming, and the QB doesn't see him coming, and he's and he, get there, get to him before he can throw the ball, and he goes back to throw the ball, and your guy gets to him and bats the ball out of his hand before he can get rid of it. That's pretty good. I love you know switching sports to basketball. Whenever you have the kind of last second half court shot that uh-huh. goes in. How is any? What's better than that? Because that's that's, just, uh, that's not nobody does that unless it's the circumstance. That's not. But the circumstance is always thrilling. 
Yeah, because you never take a half court shot unless it's. Yeah, but you don't. But that's it. I, I hear you. I don't think you understand the question, Cesar. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Basketball. Oh, a, a, a traditional three point play is exciting. I mean, not. Uh, I'm, I'm saying not behind the arc. I'm saying a bucket plus the foul. The that's whistle. Right. Yeah. When you hear okay. the whistle, okay. that's a great. NBA have... has has minimized that a little bit, but in college, when you when your guy is going to the rim and he and he gets hammered and he puts it up and it drops and you hear the whistle before the ball drops, that's a that's a nice moment. I do like the half quarter to win a game. I know you don't want circumstance. Cal State Fullerton knocked off number one UNLV when I was a freshman with the half court shot. Fans on the court and everything. It was amazing. So well, it, is, it does lead to terrific. The, it leads it to the entire front part yeah. of, the, of the crowd just spilling the out onto the floor. Utter chaos. What about while well, you two indulge this path that is <laughs> not at all what we're trying to talk about here? How about this one? Hockey, shorthanded goal. That's great. A shorthanded goal, the other team's on a power play if you don't watch the sport at all. So you're down a man, and not only are you trying to stop them from scoring because everything's stacked in their favor, your guy steals it and and has a mad dash, a breakaway to the goal. That's why the Kings are your Stanley Cup champions right now. It is? Because they were so great on the uh, oh, shorthanded, yeah. on, the, on the penalty. They had nine shorthanded goals in the playoffs. That's tri- That's good. I'm not going to hockey fight. Is that not fight. amazing? Like, that's... What, the, when the nine, Kings won the Stanley Cup nine, four years ago? Nine short Feels like forever goals. ago, doesn't it? Yeah, that is amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> number. It really is. Um, I guess this is circumstantial because teams don't pull their goalie unless they're um, about to lose a game. But an empty net goal is a is one of the great punctuations in sports. That's yes. a different question. But there that, that and the victory formation in football. There's no equivalent in baseball or basketball really. I mean you can pound the ball and try and spin the clock a little bit in basketball, but you can't but you but the the game is still going but on. Great in- this is this counts now everybody, but we're lining up our formation is a victory formation. There's nothing we're gonna yeah. take a snap Go to one knee and then stand up and point up in the sky, and that 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 to me, I'd rather win a game as a football fan. I'd rather my team win in the be in the victory formation with thirty eight seconds left to go, rather than throw a touchdown pass as you know for the last play of the game. I find I like, that very satisfying. But I like the emphatic uh, empty net goal that rattles the water bottle, yeah, off you know off the net and everything. Although when there's it's a, a good uh, one. there's I forget which game it was where there was a, a team has was killing off a five on three, five on three penalty kill, and then the other team pulled their goalie, so it's six six on three. Like, oh, like it's just so incredible. The the five on three penalty kill is one of the most exciting sequences. Wow, you talk about sports. a great exciting thing is the shorthanded goal. I saw Lemieux score five, Mario Lemieux score five on three against your LA Kings mm-hmm. actually in the old uh, forum. As a matter of fact, in LA, I was staying up late. I wasn't here. It was I was on, I was in Pittsburgh, PA, watching late at night on the TV. Mario Lemieux five on three. What a goal! All right, uh, good answers there. I'm not done yet. Not- <laughs> hole in one. What about a hole in one? That's counts. That's not a matter of circumstance. It's a hole in one. You can't be that. Is there anything better? One of the great highlights in the last 20 years was Tiger Woods with that hole in one in Arizona, was it, at the Phoenix Open? Where it was, that was in the era when as soon as the ball's hit, the instant it's hit, they go, like, you're the man, you're the man. Everybody starts yelling. It's in the hole. Is that what it was? They always yell something stupid like that. He hits the ball on the par three, and then the ball, like, bounces a couple times, and it goes in, and Tiger goes, and the place goes bonkers. And Tiger's fist pumping everything. That's when Tiger was America's uh, sweetheart. 
Yes. A different time. A long time ago. Black tie, you have an answer to that? Good recap. Just a recap. I bet it has to do with soccer. <laughs> no, it actually has to corner, do with Corner, all right? Yeah, a corner any, kick. any goal in just, soccer is exciting just because they never have Just a recap or, your, or, or what you said. Golf and baseball, for very slow-paced moving sports, they actually do have some very exciting moments. Hole-in-ones, mm-hmm. triples, you know, out at the plate, out at home. Pretty good stuff. Most anticlimactic end, though, I got to go with football. The, the victory formation. We totally disagree on that. If it's a close game, you're down by two, but for some reason you have no timeouts left, you have to watch the other team just kneel the ball out. It's the most anticlimactic end in any sports. Moving on, most disrespectful, basketball. Blocks and getting dunked on. No other sport. Oh, yeah, the posterizing Duncan. It's disrespectful. Like, it's like what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm saying that's, that's like the... Two of the most disrespectful sports in all of basketball. It's like a manhood thing. If you get dunked on, if you get blocked, that's like... I don't... I will say, I don't understand the shame of being posterized. It's, it's like what you're trying... So if you're saying don't get posterized, what you're saying is don't contend uh, a bucket, which yep. is a bad message. You should, <laughs> you should be trying message. to make a play on the ball until it goes through. You shouldn't... Not, it's a weird message for the youth of America it's, to be like, a, don't get posterized. Anyway, last point. The most nerve-wracking in sports... Penalty kicks. It's people hate it. I understand, but if you're a fan of the game and you're watching soccer, penalty kicks is the worst. I get it, but I just—it's really—it is the same. And I'm not the only person who thinks this. You know, same thing could be said for college football overtime. It is really like let's just have a home run contest now. I don't oh, get. I don't nice. get what the, the game the all comes down not to this. And now what? Why it's we've been playing a game? And now you're same. now you're taking one element of that game. And to, hey, let's it's have a field, even, let's have a field goal contest to see would, who can that's win. That's what it would be like. It's not a field goal kicking contest. You have to line up from the twenty five and play. But it's not the game anymore. The part of the game is the clock and all that. I mean, you're, you're, here we're giving you the ball at the twenty five. Yes, to speed it up. I don't Cut like that, chase. but that's fine. But I, but uh, fine. So maybe that's a bad example. The penalty kicks. I say I've solved the soccer issue. The World it's Cup. It's not an issue. It's well, I have solved it anyway. Even if they don't want it to be solved, what they should do is take one guy off of each side and reduce that every five minutes or every ten minutes until whatever. If it's one on one, so be it. Somebody's got to score Two a goal. Goalies out there. <laughs> I don't care. And they can't leave it. the box. That's better than the dumb penalty kicks. Here, we've played this whole game that has a whole set of rules. Now we're just, hey, line up here and kick it at the goal from four feet away. It's ridiculous. Fair it's, point. It's the, the most heartbreaking way to lose the sports. All right. I don't want to uh, – you know what, though? This does get us nicely into uh, our next guest here. Stick around, Sessler, because you're a Cleveland boy, and so I want you to be a part of this here. Um, he's a guy who was – in the Yankee system, now he's the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, a man who I advised to throw left-handed at the combine when I met him, just to set himself apart, you know, wanted him to d- distinguish himself from his peer group. He's uh, having a breakout year there with those Cleveland Brownies who are really making a hard charge. It's Brandon Whedon. What's the poop, fella? Not much, fellas. What's going on? Oh, nothing, nothing. Hey, I hear you were at the uh, Lakers and Cavaliers game on Tuesday night, huh? Yeah, we did. Me and my wife went out and um, and were able to watch a, a good, really good basketball game. Um, you know, Kyrie and Toby were kind of going head to head, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch. We were able to get the win, and and uh, there was a lot of excitement in that arena. Wait, you're already we got the win, even though you've been in Cleveland for what six months. <laughs> I'm one. It's us now, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's me, us, we. So yeah, absolutely. I think if I said any any other way. Uh, 
I don't think people around here would like me very much. <laughs> well, what would happen though? What if it go, what if it's uh, OKC Thunder against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals? That should happen probably in about twenty twenty one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably show up wearing uh, brown and orange. You know, I think, uh, <laughs> that would probably be my best bet. No, I, I'm a fan of both teams, but uh, yeah, that'd be a be a pretty good matchup to watch. Well, listen, first of all, muzzle tub to you and to the Browns. You guys have been playing great ball. I was going to say recently, but really you've been very competitive since the start of the season. I don't know if you remember, you and me got together at the Combine. I was trying to my best to help you and all the other young fellas out there put your best foot forward, or in your case, arm. I suggest, I said to you, Andrew Luck, RG3, these guys are getting a lot of attention. Distinguish yourself, Brandon Whedon throw lefty and i have noticed you haven't really taken my advice how so why why so i haven't you know i think there's a couple times when i'm scrambling my left Mm -hmm. you know it might be a little bit easier to do that you know i probably should have worked that you know worked that in my individual drills here at camp but uh no i think uh you know when i'm out there running to my left side that'd be a nice little weapon to have like i told you back then i think but um, no, I haven't added that. Uh, haven't added it. I'm still worried about throwing right hand and throwing on time and on target. So you know what was bad uh, about that though was that I had you do it, and actually we have the video in black tie behind the glass. We should see if we can find the video and put it up there for people to take a look at. The problem with it was you looked terrific doing it. You threw the ball left handed better than I do. That was, and I'm a lefty. <laughs> that was humiliating. I didn't appreciate that. Oh, well, I apologize. Yeah, you know, I, that's you know what that is that's uh, that's going back to my freshman year at Oklahoma State. We were we were bored on Thursdays, and and uh, we used to have you know, we we play catch left handed, just uh, just messing around, wasting time before practice. So I've had a little practice. I'm not going to lie. You know, Brandon, uh, Mark Sessler here, and Damashek. I don't know if you're aware of this. Huge Steelers fan. So I just wanted to ask so you. So what? Well, we all have our faults, but what is it? <laughs> what's the the uh, the reaction been? to you after going out and beating the Steelers. That, I, I'm not sure if you're aware, has been a rare thing for the Browns. Yeah, it's you know, it's been good. I mean, I tell you, you know, this city, obviously, after that win was, um, you know, extremely excited, and everywhere you went, you know, people were just, uh, you know, tickled that you know, we were able to, to get that one done, and and I think that'll, that one will be something that uh, when people look back on this season, will probably stick out around here more than more than maybe the rest of the wins. I mean, that was... Uh, it's always a big, big win for this city. It's a big time rivalry, but um, you know the response was great. Fans have been great, and uh, I think there's a lot of excitement in this town right now. And, and as a player, you just want to keep it rolling. And I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't. I'm not a Browns fan or a Steelers fan. I would lean towards the Browns as a as a as a former Los Angeles Rams fan. Is I know what it's like when my team moved away, but. Going into this week, you guys have RG3 and the Redskins, or so we think RG3. What's it like in the locker room when you see, like, obviously this would be a big matchup. It would be a big thing to go up against him, but he's struggling with injuries. What's been the mood in the locker room watching his press conferences and what's going on with him over there? You know, I'll be I'll be really honest. Um, you know, I can't really speak for the defense, but, I, you know, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of attention made to it. You know, I think, uh, you know, we, we don't know. There's the unknowns if he's going to play or not, but, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, that's still up in the air. The defense is going to prepare how they prepare week in and week out. You know whether he plays or not. Um, you know they're going to put a plan in place to where they feel like they can they can uh, succeed whether he's in there or Kirk's in there. So um, you know we really haven't been listening to it. Uh, you know we'll find out more as the week goes on. Were the fans excited about it? It seems like something as a as a, a casual observer. This would seem like a huge uh, huge uh, game. As far as RG three, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, again, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I really haven't felt uh, one way or the other. Um, you know, he's having a great year, and uh, he's, he's kind of um, really got a lot of buzz going on in Washington. He's, he's doing some great things. So, um, you know, if there is, I, I, I get why. He's, uh, he's a good player. Talk about the what's going on there in Cleveland right now, because this has been, I, I, I think maybe with the possible exceptions of Peyton going to Denver and, you know, Tebow and Sanchez in New York, the story of the 2012 season is rookie QBs and, you know, what, what, what an amazing season this is. Talk about what you personally have going on there in Cleveland, not just this season, but going forward. To me, it seems, boy, you guys have a lot of nice pieces to build around. Richardson, the two young wide receivers, and and the defense is uh, is pretty tough, too. Talk about the optimism you feel around the locker room and around the city right now. Well, you know, we're, we're still flying under the radar individually and as a team. I mean, that's, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, we're just not getting the uh, – maybe the, the – the praise, you know, as far as the young group as, as some of the other teams are, and I think, in a sense, that's a good thing. You know, we're, we're, we've got our mind focused on, you know, getting better. I mean, we got so many young guys. You know, we're just week in and week out trying to, you know, get better, better each week, truly, because um, we have to, you know, in order to give this team a chance to win. But, um, you know, there's, you know, within this locker room, there's a lot of excitement. I think there's a lot of, a lot of excitement about, um, you know, not only the, the young guys, but also, you know, these veteran guys that have stepped up and become great leaders and and led this team to where we're at now, and they continue to keep building. And uh, our defense is playing outstanding. Um, you know, and I, I can't I can't say enough about how they've you know continued to um, you know keep giving us a chance to win games. I mean, they're they're the they've uh, they've be, they've been great all year. So it's uh, it's been exciting, but we've uh, you know we've been flying under the radar, and and uh, I'm personally fine with that. You guys started talking playoffs at all. It suddenly you look at it on uh, Monday morning and you kind of look at how the AFC is breaking down. If you guys win out, it's not completely unreasonable. Any talk in the locker room at all about it? You know, there hasn't been any, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, we know that we still have three tough, you know, tough games ahead and there's got to be a lot of things to, to go in our way to, for it to happen. So, but no, there's there's no talk in this locker room. Uh, you know, we're focused we're focused on Washington. Um, you know, coming here and we, like I said, we've got two great or we got three really good opponents to to finish out the year. So we've got uh, we got our work cut for us, and we're really focused more on that. All right, you've you've done some professional seasons in baseball. People probably know at this point that you spent some time with the Yankees. Um, what? What? All right. So now you're just about through your first professional season as a as a uh, as a football player. More. What's more fun? Be honest. Don't just say football because this is a football show. Choose really. What? What? What are the benefits of baseball versus football and vice versa? Which do you like better? Well, I mean, this is hands down a lot more fun. I mean, this is uh, you know you're playing at the high state. You know, I was in the minor leagues. If I was in the big leagues, mm. you know that that might be a that might be a, a different story. But you know, I was in the minor leagues. Riding on buses, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, not making any money. Hmm. Um, you know, playing in towns where there's, you know, maybe a hundred, hundred fans to five thousand fans. You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't very uh, exciting. You know, and and it really, it kind of took the fun out of it, especially late in my baseball career. Whereas this is a blast. I enjoy coming to work every day. Um, you know, being able to to play with and against the best players in the world um, is truly, uh, truly a lot of fun. And and uh, you know, it doesn't even really compare, to be honest with you. Does it make you appreciate this run more because you have that experience? No question. Yeah, no question. You, you realize, you know, how hard it is to 
to win games in this league, how hard it is to be successful. I mean, there's, uh, you know, in college there's games where, you know, you look at a schedule and you you might find a couple games on there where you feel like those are gimmies. You know, you can you know, not play your best and, and still find a way to win, whereas in this league you got to play well week in and week out because, I mean, let's be honest, we're, you know, everything in this league is, is really, really good. So, um yeah, it makes me appreciate it. You know, minor league baseball is is uh, you know a grind because you play 140 games, but this mentally um, going through a football season is is very challenging. Last thing about uh, the last three games you have, you you have three tough ones, like you say. After the skins, you play the Broncos, and then you round it out at Pittsburgh. Do me a favor. Come on, it's a nice story already. You beat them once. You're not going to go in there to Heinz Field and beat them, are you? That wouldn't be cool. <laughs> I mean, we're we're taking that mindset that we are. You know, we've. Uh, but it wouldn't be cool. My sister's going to be there. You want to send her home sad? Uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would hurt many guys' feelings, especially this, this city. But uh, no, they're, that's a great football team, uh, great defense, and and uh, you know, always a always a challenge. Well, last thing then for you, I remember talking to you in Indianapolis down on the field uh, around the combine time, and so the wound was still fresh. The Oklahoma State Cowboys got passed over for the BCS title game. In, a, in, in another year, I guess we're going to have the, the playoff, which should be grand. But what do you think about college football wrapping up uh, You know, your grand college football career? What do you think about this year's BCS title game? Who's going to win that? And do any any pride watching Texas A&M go for from the Big 12 and do what they did in the SEC in their first season. Yeah, you know, it's uh I've got mixed emotions about it all. Um I didn't follow it as close as as maybe I should have, but uh you know, I think the national championship will be a be a good football game. I, I think Alabama's just uh, you know, I think they're they've been the best team all year. Uh you know, I know A&M got them, but they've uh, they've been a good football team. Um you know, week in week out. Um you know, and and what A&M's done to go the uh to go to the to the SEC and, and play as well as they've done, um, you know, them being a former Big 12 team, especially, you know, uh, playing against them for as long as I can remember, um, you know, you, you still want them to go do well, just because one, it makes the Big 12 look good, and then also, um, you know, you're excited for that uh, for that, that team. But uh, no, I think there's uh, you know, college football this year just seemed a little bit different than last year. Maybe that's because I didn't follow it as well, but it was just. Uh, it was, uh, it was a little different watching, but there's some there's some good football teams and some good football players out there. Yeah, but doesn't it really prove what you and I? I think we parked our cars in the same garage on this. Certainly, you wanted a shot at the uh, at uh, Bama last year, but isn't it crazy that uh, that I'm sorry, you wanted a shot at LSU, I should say. But isn't it crazy that A and M doing what they do? Doesn't that prove that you could, guys could have run with any team in the SEC a year ago? Uh, you know, I I believe so, and I, I felt that way last year. I may not said it publicly, but I mean, you know, we'll never know. We never got a chance, and I think the way that the system worked out is is a little bit skewed. You know, we won our our conference by a, a large margin by beating Oklahoma the way we did, mm-hmm. and uh, still came up short. You know, and so um, I remember Coach Saban said, "If you don't win your your conference championship, I don't think you should get a chance to play for it all." And and uh, here they are; they they played for it all and, and won it, and and. Uh, you know, now they uh, they do win it this year, but they're uh, again a chance to do it again. But um, you know, I'm not bitter about it anymore. Um, it's over. It's in the past. Like I said, we we got to play a great Stanford team and, and have a big big time win for our university. So um, you know, the, the system. I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not smart enough to figure it all out. But uh, I think we can all agree that 
you know, something about the BCS needs to be changed. I'm smart enough to figure it all out, and I did last year. Oklahoma State should have been playing in that title game. But all right, you said you turned the page. Let's move on. Cameras are following you guys everywhere. You're on Travel Channel now, huh? How, how is it weird with that, or do you forget about that a couple minutes in? You know, it's, it's actually pretty cool. You know, um, they do a great job. You know, they, you really honestly don't even know they're they're around. They do a great job just kind of staying in the background and, um, you know, they're around here when the media's around here, so you don't know what's, you know, you don't know what's what. But uh, they do a great job of, of like I said, they, they followed me and Trent and my wife to, to the uh, Cavs game, and we didn't even know what they were there. I mean, hmm. they they, uh, they kind of stay in the background. But, um, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of fun to watch, you know, just watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, how give fans a perspective of what goes on on a daily basis, um, you know, behind the scenes to make this whole organization work. And uh, I think it kind of opens up a new light and realizes how much how much goes into the daily routine of of uh, everybody involved. Are you a uh, fantasy, I mean a fantasy, a reality TV show watcher? No, I'm not usually, not usually. But uh, stuff like that I'll, I'll flip on and, and definitely watch. But no, for the most part, I uh, I stay away from those those types of shows. All right. Well, listen, Brandon Whedon, again, continued success to you, except in week 17, of course. That gets the asterisk. That goes without saying. But otherwise, best wishes to you and your pals. Boy, oh boy, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like that AFC North in 2013 is going to be brutal. Pittsburgh and and Baltimore, we know about. Cincy on the rise now, and now here come you guys. That's going to be a rough road to hoe next year, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of the way I expect it to be, and that's what kind of the way it's been this year. But uh, it'll be fun. A lot of good football teams in this, uh, this division, and, and uh, you know, it should be exciting. All right. Well, we uh, I found you to be a delightful fellow when we yapped back in February at the Combine. I continue to do so. And uh, thanks so much for the time, man. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. There he goes. Let me tell you something about Brandon Whedon. Okay. People can like RG. Well, RG3 is terrific. He's easy to like. So is Andrew Luck. Ryan Tannehill has shown some promise. Russell Wilson's a fine story. And throws a sexy deep ball. Oh, I forgot. Well, you know what? I'm going to say something that isn't too far off of that. I think Brandon Whedon, just in pure, in terms of looking like a QB, he looks the most like a QB to me. He can spin it. I like watching him. If I were a Browns fan, I'd be excited, Sessler. No, he's got a gun, and and it's been, you know, there's been so many sort of soft-armed quarterbacks in that organization for years uh, I think also the thing about him is I've seen him take a ton of big hits this year mm-hmm. just gets right back up the guy's pretty unflappable he's a big boy yeah yeah he had some bad games early on and he kind of said you know what next game let's just keep going and they, they haven't had that for a while so I'm a fan all right last thing before we get out of here for the week and then uh, Sessler Hanzus will be along soon enough you'll do your uh, debate club and that'll be the end of uh, of the podcast for the week real quick our tradition Give me some music here, Black Tie. 60 seconds or less, I have to make my NFL.com pick em picks. Real Go quick, ahead. Real quick, real what? quick. What? What? Real out. quick. Hold on real quick. The one thing I would like for you to do on this is, like I said, it's year of the overtime. Overtime games for like the seven straight weeks. All right. Find out which game is going to be an overtime game. Oh, that's a fun little wrinkle to it. I mean, I already dominate on this, making my picks in less than 60 seconds. If you wish to task me more, so be it. First of all. Thursday night, we're coming at you on Thursday afternoon. The game comes coming up here. The Bengals will win that one. Next up, Broncos and the Ravens. The Broncos are going to win that one. Redskins and the Browns. Kirk Cousins. Browns playing well. Skins need it real, real bad. I'm going with the Browns. Congratulations, Sessler. Buccaneers and the Saints. 
I'm going to go with the Saints, trying to have a little dignity. Ja, after the Bounty Gate uh, stuff is looks to be getting close, at least, to the rearview mirror. Giants and Falcons, I'm going Giants. Eli, Vikings and the Rams, 6-6-1 six, six and one are the Rams. Who predicted they go 500? Dan Hanzus and Dave Damashek, that's who. Rams win that one. Packers big over the Bears. Jags and Dolphins, yuck. Dolphins, Colts, and the Texans. I say the Texans are going to steamroll the Colts this week. They have dignity on the line, not to mention chasing that number one seat. Panthers and the Chargers. I'm going to go Chargers there. Lions and the Cardinals. Lions, of course, who could possibly pick the Cardinals in anything right now. Seahawks and the Bills, I told you, upset right there. Bills win that one in overtime. The Chiefs, there you go, Black Tie. Chiefs and the Raiders. Raiders, Steelers, and Cowboys. Steelers and a nail-biter there. That should be pretty ugly in the passing game on both sides. Forty In terms of stopping the pass is what I mean to say. 49ers and the Patriots. Can't pick against the Patriots right now. Jets and the Titans. Oh, yeah. Sanchez and company, they will beat the Titans. There you have it. And I gave you your uh, overtime pick there, too, Black Tie. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Mark Sessler. And thank you, Adam Rank. And thank you, the listener. I'm doing a nice, it? I don't know, I'm keeping my Why energy. We? I don't know, we're winding it down I'm here. Do we it. know what you, you know? What you and Hanzus are going are gonna to yap about here on the debate club? Well, we might. Uh, I actually do not. Because Dan is good. Gone. I'm glad you started to try and lie was, to me. You know, and then I you thought like, better. No, of it. I, I thought I'm going to come up with something. But, but Dan's vanished. Mm-hmm. What is the, you know, uh, what are you thinking? What, what's on your heart? Well, you know, each week we've tried to uh, call someone. We called you last week. I think we right. uh, we called Dan's wife a few weeks ago on a, on one podcast because it wasn't attached to Dave's show. Mm-hmm. Just vanished into the. I'm not even sure you can find it on the internet at this point. Good. We might need to give her a call again. See what's going on in her world. I like uh, you know. I like where your head's at on that one. That seems that seems like a fun idea. Good, do it. Um, I but where Dan Hansu says there are all sorts of rumors a lot of floating rumors. about. I mean, I. Uh, a few, uh, not wasn't a little birdie who told me it was uh, some little fishies. How say you, fish tank? That's where he was. Why wouldn't he have pants on? What? That's. You know what? I'm not even going to say that on the air. Listen, quick recovery to Dan Hansus, and congratulations on what you're doing to turn his life around. Well, thank Mark you, Sessler. thank you. All right, listen. Again, episode 113, go back and listen to it, if only to hear Rank and his uh, his dear friend Hawk. Not A.J. Hawk, Hawk, but Hawk. Hawk and Rank put their heads together on Homeland and other stuff, and also Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. Move the Sticks, was on there with his good uh, stuff. As usual, stick around now for the Debate Club. As for us, we'll be back Next week, remember, the Sheckies are fast approaching. Uh, you know, all the big things are going to be determined there. Best fruit, worst city to be a sports fan, right. best breakfast Cleveland. meat. All the big stuff is, is going to be Sorry, determined on the Shecky Awards there. I don't mean to call it Cleveland. Though. Well, we don't know if it'll be Cleveland. I certainly think Philadelphia is going to be in the running, and I think Pittsburgh is going to be in the running, too, oh, just to name three teams. Three th- those are three bad it's, cities to be a sports yes, fan Pittsburgh, in 2012. It's terrible. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it all goes there. At Adam Rank, at Mark Sessler, NFL. That's why we call him Fancy Pants. Black Tie, someday will get a Twitter account. I'm at Damashek. Like I say, stick around now. Here comes the debate club. In the meantime, for us, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Thanks, Dave. 
Welcome back to the ATL Debate Club. Uh, my name is Dan Hansis, joined, as always, by a man who once lived in a farmhouse outside Denver, living off apples, Mark Sessler. Dan, how do you, where did you come up with this? Have I told you about that? You have told come me on. that. I, I actually take notes when you tell me strange stories about your past in the 90s and early 2000s. It is true. Um, uh, this, this was a, I guess, more of a salad day scenario where I was uh, living in a farmhouse with roughly 10 to 12 people. Wow. Outside of Boulder. <laughs> Unpromising times. I wanted to, uh, before we move on, uh, yeah. we, we've come straight from the Dave Damashek show for those who uh, are joining us from the website. We're attached on to the back of Dave Damashek's football program. We're very lucky to have that. And uh, we, I was on the show with him yesterday, and you were not. And uh, it raised some concern. Where were you yesterday, by the way? I find this, uh, it's kind of um, disturbing on some level that every time I come in on my off day, to do this podcast with you, you wonder where I am, as if I'm some type of mysterious figure in a cloak. I, there is concern, not just from me, but from Dave at a Right, that's was, what I heard. I have not heard the podcast, but I will say that uh, there was nothing exciting going on on my off day. In fact, I went to Toys R Us. I that, is, yeah. that concerns me even more. Well, not Why? for myself. Okay. You know it's almost Christmas, right? Yes. I'm, okay, yeah, so okay. I was getting, I have a niece, she's turning two uh, later this month. Oh, it's nice. And I had to find some presents, okay? Um, I bumped into Tom Brady there. Tom Brady. Yes, he, he helped me. Plausible. Not, Tom Brady. Yeah, well, not the Tom Brady from the Patriots. The Tom Brady, the management figure that works in NFL. Oh, fair. Oh, yeah, we, right. Com. We have a Tom Brady that is very high up in the company here. Yeah, and he's been on Damashek before, and okay, you might so, know who he is. Yeah. So he helped me find a toy. Let me just say something. First of all, I am good. I'm, I'm all well, so don't worry about that. Okay, that's... Um, I will say something about Toys R Us. Uh, um, I remember as a boy Toys R Us being literally the greatest place in the world. Well, like a okay? me- yeah, like a mecca. <clears throat> in fact, I remember as a kid going to Toys R Us... And, you know, going straight to the Nintendo section. And the way they had, I, I still remember this to this day, even though it was probably 25 years ago, they would have tags set up for different Nintendo games. So let's say I wanted Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, there would be not the game itself, not the cartridge box, because that would be stolen easily by some local thugs and toughs. <laughs> but there would be a, a piece of paper that you could take, and then you would bring it up to a uh, bulletproof glass uh, type situation and slide it under. What part of town did you live in? <laughs> I grew up in a coal town. No, I didn't. But so, long story short, it was just a very exciting thing. And you know, I'd get my starting lineups there, my you know Thundercats figures. It was a magical place. You go there. Twenty five years later, the worst place in the world. There are parents everywhere. All the toys are stupid. It's crowded. Everyone seems miserable. Nobody wants to be there. All the employees, you could tell they're hiding because they don't want to have to go find, you know, a little mermaid toy that's in aisle 4000. It's just it's so it's kind of a jarring situation. You become a cynical grown person. Yeah, it's really tragic cuz I I've always told myself I wouldn't be that guy. But I feel like it's happening now. I remember, uh, not to veer off topic, yeah. when I was a child, there was a friend, I'd go to his house, and his father, obviously, I realize now, n- who never had a job, would <laughs> build these massive Lego creations. We'd get off the bus, walk in, I thought, I want to be that kind of guy when I'm older. Wow. 
I do not want to be that. Kind no, of guy because now. that sounds really strange. It's very strange. That's like like Robin Williams would play that character in one of his offbeat films that go out of character, yeah. and it turned out he would be like a serial killer. I agree with you on the creepiness of toy stores in general. I think KB Toys has a very strange aura. To Low it. rent though. KB was right. not in Toys R Us's. No, uh, area that, code, that was always in like a, a little corner in a mall. But yeah. again, the aisles used to be magical. Now, I cannot get out of there fast enough. Let, let's let's transition because I think this is a, a football podcast. So Sometimes. let's talk about something magical in football. Let's do it. I wrote an ATL post around the league, the blog that you and I of write. Of course, before. a magical a magical <laughs> moment in football has to do with something you wrote. Okay, well, continue. It's about the comeback player of the year race, okay? Which is shaping up as the greatest one of all time. Yeah. Back in August, I wrote a post kind of handicapping it. And I did have, I had Adrian Peterson two, Peyton Manning one, Terrell Owens three. But listen, let's not quibble here. Fast forward now to December, and here we are. Peterson versus Manning, the greatest race ever for the comeback player of the year, right? I think so. And I, you know, I know when you put that out on our Around the League Twitter feed it blew up oh yeah people were well because i think there's there's a lot of debate about which one of these guys is more deserving you could argue they're both mvp candidates too to some degree but the but the, it's neck and neck i think from a comeback player i mean where do you heart of hearts where do you stand on this well my prediction in august was that manning had to win if he was going to put up his four thousand yards 30 plus touchdowns 100 passer rating type season you would give it to him considering what he was coming back from, the multiple neck surgery, missing an entire year, joining a new team. And he's basically, the most amazing thing about Manning is it's like he never left. you know. And, and, but here's the thing. I say Peterson is now the guy to win this award because while Manning came back and it was as, as if he had never left, Peterson came back from a blown-out knee on Christmas Eve, surgery on New Year's Eve. And he came back not... Not like he never missed a beat, better than ever, which is unprecedented in NFL history that a guy could come back from a knee injury. I mean, this guy might run for 2,000 yards. Well, he could break the record on the ground. I, I think it's hard to look at these guys and critique one of them. I mean, no. you know, they both have had storybook seasons, but I think you actually laid out a great reason why it, it's Manning. And I, ha- and I went into this year, I've never been a big Manning guy. I just haven't. But he has won me over this season because his injuries were, you know, talked about as life-threatening, career-threatening for sure. Uh, it was, can he take a hit? And then it was like, oh, the guy can't throw the deep ball. Oh, I he remember those throw, stories. Yeah, yeah. We, we got a blog post. He can't throw balls across the field. He can only throw to his right, and it can't be longer than 10 yards. It sounded wretched. It was yeah. like, we're in for a disaster. But a month later... Two months later, it's like the guy is heating up. The Denver Broncos are a completely different team. They did a nice job building around with some parts, but I've never seen Manning play this way, and he's actually a smarter quarterback even than he was before from what I'm seeing on the field. I have to go well, with— Can you explain that? Because I have heard that, this idea that he's smarter. What do you mean by that? He, You know, I think Manning used to have those, and we saw one game this way against the Falcons, those Colts games where he'd throw these five-interception— meltdown type games right. mixed with a bunch of greatness but I, I think the fact that he's come in and done what he's done new town new system new players and within a month he is running the show there yeah I mean, it just maybe it's not smarter it's that he is so excessively confident and the entire team fed off it it's not a knock on Peterson because he in his own right he's been incredible and I think he's helped the Vikings win a number of games 
But I have to go with Manning because I think we were wondering if he'd ever play again. Yeah. I, and I think the interesting thing also about this, I think five years from now, maybe we don't realize it now, but I would not be surprised if five years from now it's widely believed that Peyton, Manning, and Tom Brady, depending how you flip-flop them, are the two best quarterbacks who ever lived. I, I really think they have that type of chance because they're both now into their mid-30s and playing at better levels than ever. But to go back to the comeback player of the year race, my, at the end of the day, I could see a scenario playing out. Whether this makes sense or not, I, I don't know. But where AP gets, or AD, depends what you think his nickname is, where Peterson gets the comeback player of the year and Manning gets that fifth MVP. I would not be shocked if that played out. I think that's how it probably will play out because there's no way you bypass these voting scenarios. Are, are, they, found, they find a way to match everyone somewhere for the most part. They're both going to be recognized. And I think you could even argue that Manning is a better fit for MVP than comeback player. But I'll tell you what, it is, you're right, one of the most exciting races we've seen on that front, I think, ever as football fans in our life. Dan, let's, um, let's shift gears because we've only got a few minutes left. I wanted to, uh, well, one of the reasons that I was hoping you'd be around yesterday yeah. instead of at a toy store. Oh, come on. Well, sorry. But I mean, it's not. All right, go on. You for, you are, I'm not sure there's anyone more excited about the fact that this company hosts a holiday party. I'm a big fan of holiday parties. I've always been. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of free food and drinks right off the top, I'm going to be honest with you. Right. But I'm also a fan of the idea of, there always being one or two people who do things they can't take back. Well, fair enough. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, last year's holiday party did that live. No, did it live up to your billing last year's holiday party? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't want to get into details, but I think everybody had a, a great time. I thought, and I was wondering because I had been asking you when's the holiday party this year, and that I had driven past um, Playa del Rey. This. Um, that's an area of Southern California, but there's an uh, old bar and restaurant where we had the holiday party boarded up like it had been closed since, you know, the 1978 gas crisis or something. It was it was very, um, it was deserted. So I was like, oh, I guess the holiday party's not there this year. Well, it, that was concerning because I actually drove by it myself and thought, I'm, I don't want to know why it closed. I, I have some good news for you, though. I mean, actually, let's be honest. We talked about this. <laughs> I'm not going to act like I'm breaking the news to you now, but... <laughs> The point was, we got an email yesterday while you weren't here, and I was trying to reach you just to let you know there is a holiday party, and they have they have done something interesting. For those of you, <laughs> well, that, I can't ask what's that because you well, already said that we I'm talked about it. I'm telling our listeners now. We <laughs> are here in Culver City, which essentially is a pocket of Los Angeles. I mean, let's, no, let's not is. get too technical with it. We're in Los Angeles for the most part, but Culver City has a very old hotel called the Culver City Hotel, strangely enough. It's yeah. about, what, 10? it's a Culver Hotel. The Culver it? Hotel. Is it 10, 11 floors? But it's, it's shaped like a very strange uh, V. Yeah, it's almost like that famous uh, Flatiron Building, I believe, in New York. Kind of has that type of vibe to it, maybe, from a distance. Very historical looking. Yeah. And, it's, and they've done a great job. It's got an amazing bar area downstairs. And the well, point is, this is where our party is. Right. That, that's where the party is. It's a historic place. I'm excited about it. This is where they, they, ha- help, they put up the munchkins. Or was that was yes, it that's, Yeah, the, I believe was so. Was it the munchkins or is that the dun- Dunkin' Donuts food? No, no. Well, it's both. Or was but it taken from It was initially, that? probably 60 years earlier, the True story, Wizard of Oz was shot in Culver City at, I guess, Paramount Studios, which is right in downtown. That's where they put up all the stars, including Judy Garland, but also all the munchkins, who I've read were sleeping three to a bed. 
and I've also heard the place is haunted. Now, you have some stories about the Culver Hotel. Well, so you? I don't want to bore everyone to death, but yeah, it's why my wife and I, we met here in L.A., and we had our first date, actually, in the bar area before we went to a movie. But, hubba so, hubba. Well, the point is, we, get, we went back like two years later to celebrate the fact that this is where we first met and everything. We actually, you know, we're married at this point. We stayed in a room, like up on the 11th floor. I wake up the next morning. And, you know, by the way, I have to go to work that day. I don't know why we scheduled this on a weeknight. Awful planning. But hey, I open the the curtain and I see, like, my apartment building out the window. Right. Which De- is odd. Depressing. So I've honestly never even been back there since. It's not a, a slight on the place, but it just it had this very weird feeling about it. And so the next time I will, uh, it, first date with a wife, celebrating first date with a wife, holiday party. I'm not <laughs> sure that's a hat trick. I'm not sure that... I'm not sure where we're going here with this. Well, you know, is the pl- was the place haunted when you stayed there? Did you see, like, little demons running around the they, bed? Well, they talked about it being haunted. And when you walk up to the second floor, and you can walk up to the second floor from the bar area, I got a very weird feeling up there. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. There was a very strange, like, the sound just went down into utter silence. Yeah. And it had a shining-type aura to it. Yeah. Like, so, I, I remember walking in there once, and a flapper came up to me and asked for a cigarette. Uh, which I thought was odd, and then she disappeared, but I kind of wrote it off as maybe not a big deal. Probably fine. Um, all right, we will keep you up to date. The party is next week. We're going to let you know how that goes, if there's a poltergeist-type moment, or if uh, Mark disappears and is never seen again, uh, which, you know, everything's in play. Well, and that may help this production out. Yeah, I'd, I'd immediately start fielding calls for a um, replacement. Seamless. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, so let's head. we're heading towards uh, week 15 now. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll talk a little bit about the home stretch of the NFL season, uh, holiday party. You'll ask again where I was. I'll get aggravated by it. it you know, it'll be a fun conversation. Yeah, these are bits at this point. <laughs> All right, till next time, you're on the League Debate Club. Goodbye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.